Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Brad Underwood's patience has been rewarded. A big time get out of the transfer portal. Terrence Shannon Jr. commits to Illinois. The Chicago native, the Texas Tech junior wing. He's played three years at Texas Tech, averaged 11 points during that time. But he's a high flyer. He's a great shooter from three. He's a really good defender. He's a big time addition. I'm Jeremy Warner. He's Joey Wagner. Joey. Uh, Illinois fans are fretting a little bit about what could be. Um, and, and Terrence Shannon, this seems like it's kind of been a roller coaster of recruitment. It seemed like last week everyone had him pegged for, for Michigan. He was on the Ann Arbor campus there. And uh, Illinois obviously was involved. But, boy, he checks a lot of boxes of what this team needs. Indians, I mean, you know what you've got in the freshman guards. And he his and entrance to this program doesn't really hinder – the development that Illinois is going to need out of the guards doesn't get in the way too much of Coleman Hawkins, RJ Melendez, Dane Danger. It's like there was this gap on the wing, and Brad Underwood found the one of probably a handful of players who can play at a high enough level who can slide in there and fill that spot. He does what they're looking to do. He's going to shoot. He can get to the rim. I mean, that's we, we've talked about this at length, Jeremy. The lane's going to open, and you just found a gentleman who who has no problem going down the lane and getting to the rim, and you know, kind of continuing this thought of of a five out offense with shooters and and attackers, and it, it's the perfect fit for what Brad Underwood is trying to do. And, and after the they didn't get him the first time around, he went to Texas Tech. Welcome to portal recruiting, baby, because you can always get him again. And here he comes. Yeah, that's a great point, Joey. And what I've thought about is. You always got to keep those relationships. You can't burn bridges in recruiting. I think if you're a recruit or a coach nowadays, because there can always be the second time around, and that might be the most important recruitment, but it's important to have a good foundation. Yeah, just to, to whiteboard this, Terrence Shannon was a top 100 prospect, Chicago native, um, you know, played uh, in the Chicago area as a prospect and then went to IMG Academy his last year, blew up as a, as a national recruit there. And you know, he had great options. DePaul, he was committed to, I believe, at one point. Texas Tech uh, obviously signs him, but he came to Illinois for an official visit. And Illinois really, really wanted him. Uh, is a six foot six guy who could shoot it a little bit at that point, but just athleticism, length, uh, things that Illinois has needed the last couple of years and, and certainly addressed last offseason by adding RJ Melendez uh, and Luke Goody, but Melendez especially. Uh, Shannon comes in as a proven commodity on a team that sorely, sorely needs experience, right? I mean, two years ago was all Big Ten third team, averaged 12.9 points, four rebounds, shot 36% from three. His production went down a little bit this year, averaged 10.5 points, uh, but shot 38% from three, close to 39%, Joey. One of the top guards in the country in terms of percentage of, of finishing at the rim, shot 77% at the rim. He's a high flyer. Like, if there's an NCAA dunk contest, I think Terrence Shannon 
would be in that. And he's a high-impact defender. I think for Illinois, he'll, he'll guard one of the best players on the court. The, the one concern you would have is, um, you know, Terrence Shannon was on a really good team. He decides to transfer, enters the transfer portal basically as Texas Tech uh, leaves from the Sweet 16. But he had some back injury uh, this year, had a nagging back injury. You wonder how that will impact. Is he a guy that's going to try and get his all the time? I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think his his role at the NBA is going to be a 3 and D with athleticism, can slash a little bit. Uh, but, man, on paper – this looks fantastic for a team that has nobody coming back that's averaged double digits, nobody coming back that you can count on. That's our lockdown wing defender. He fits uh, both those things so, so well. Yeah, I think some of the pitch, if you're Illinois, would probably have been, hey, there's going to be a chance. You know, I know you were on a loaded Texas Tech team last year. There's going to be a chance for you to come in and go on full display here. Uh, you know, you got to earn that chance, right? There's going to be talent around you. But obviously everybody wants to get to the league. And now there's a chance for it, it seemingly on paper, Jeremy, for Terrence Shannon to put everything together, to put everything on tape that he wants to put on tape. And, and Illinois has got minutes to go around. We have talked about this at length, and there's probably still going to add to the portal. Thank God I will avoid a, a bicycle ride to any number of Big Ten cities. We got to address yeah, that I mean, later in the podcast, by the way. Yes, yeah, but, but it makes sense, man. It, it makes sense for Terrence Shannon. It makes sense for Illinois. I'm sure the appeal of coming back to the state was important for him. Uh, it's, I just think that the back injury you do have to address. I'm glad you brought it up because you have to. I mean, it did cost him some games. Did it cost him late? No. I mean, you know, but these are all things you have to consider. It's part of transfer recruiting. You have won all this stuff on tape. You have all these, you know, different people to talk to, but you also have more of a body of, okay, what's this, what's this? And you've got to get into that. But if, I'm assuming if Brad brought him in, there's not a level of high level of concern there, similar to Sky Clark and, and his knee. But on court, man, makes sense. Yeah, let's talk about Terrence Shannon uh, leaving Texas Tech, you know, going to Illinois. Makes sense from returning home, playing close to home. Makes sense, I think, from an NIL perspective. Uh, I think there's a much better chance of cashing in and in your home state in a big state in a basketball hungry program and uh you know a place like champagne that uh you know isn't lubbock right in, in kind of in the middle of nowhere in texas kind of in the middle of nowhere illinois but it's closer to a lot of things than, than lubbock so uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense from that perspective i think it makes sense from a usage perspective I don't think Terrence Shannon's going to get the ball in his hands and create all the time. And that's why I think this fits. Sky Clark and Jade Neps still look like they are going to be given the keys to the car. But, but Shannon's going to have a lot of opportunity to score here, right? Like he was kind of a piece in a five, six, seven deep piece at Texas Tech. He is the most proven scorer. He is the most, uh, the guy I would say, Joey, I feel best about scoring 12 points per game next year for Illinois. Right? I think R.J. Melendez can be that. He's got to show he can do it. Coleman Hawkins could be that. Sky Clark, Jaden Epps eventually could be that. But Terrence Shannon, I, I would plug in for 11-plus, 12-plus points a game next year, uh, and, and he can showcase that um, at Illinois. And I think he fits for exactly what Brad Underwood wants to do defensively, offensively, getting out and running, pushing the pace, being aggressive on defense. I think it could be a very good showcase for him personally. He was a guy that came into the year um, with potential NBA draft buzz, and uh, I think he could, you know, play himself into the, the conversation as a top 60 prospect next year if, if everything goes well with Illinois. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Jeremy. And we know Brad wants to play faster. And, and to your point, like, yeah, he, he probably is the most likely to score 12 points in a, a game. And that also comes with the reality, like, somebody has to. Like, Illinois, Illinois needs to find people to step up and score. We think they have those pieces, but he immediately becomes the most proven college basketball scorer on the roster. Uh, not the best potential, maybe, but, you know, with Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez, but he's he's done the most in college basketball to this point right now on the Illinois basketball roster. And, again, we knew that was going to happen as, as you see this transition of transition of power. Does that work? In the Illinois basketball players, you know, in terms of players, I mean, you, you kind of move on from some of those other guys, a new era, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, and the, the uh, fit is fine. I, I like that. I, I think we are going to see – as good as Kofi was, this opens up different opportunities, run, five out, the whole deal, and Shannon can really help Illinois maximize that. Yeah, and from an Illinois perspective, I, I think the word fit I keep using here because it doesn't feel like this is, should step on many toes, and you're always concerned about that, right? Like Coleman Hawkins' comments the other day about kind of leaving his options open based on what Illinois could add to the portal. Understandable, he doesn't want to be recruited over. He doesn't want some, you know, Ben Vanderplas coming in and stealing his role. I get that. R.J. Melendez talked about, hey, we got to keep watching, like what's going on, and and Illinois has made clear that those two guys are kind of pieces they want to build around. But I don't think Terrence Shannon steps all over that, right? Like, I think R.J. Melendez and Terrence Shannon can play together, uh, whether it's a small lineup for Illinois where those two are playing with, say, Jaden Epps and Sky Clark, uh, or whether it's a, a big lineup where those guys are your two and three. Now, R.J.'s got to really improve as a ball handler. That's his offseason focus. But I think we've seen shades of that. I think we've seen flashes of that, Joey, where he can kind of create – off the bounce for himself, but you get two guys that can really slash to the rim. Uh, I think can can have the length, and I think with Terrence Shannon certainly the strength uh, to finish at the rim. RJ's got to get better at that, but I think they can play off each other with a six foot three Sky Clark or a six foot two Jaden Epps, and then you have these two long guards along with say Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger or Luke Goody and Dane Danger or Luke Goody and 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 Coleman Hawkins insert Ty Rogers into there there's a lot of versatility to what they can do. And, and that's, that's what this whole off season is, right? Like Kofi Coburn was awesome and you would have been better if he came back next year. Right. But there's a versatility within games, within a season of what you can do now that you just couldn't do with Kofi. Cause you had to do drop coverage with him, but you also could dump it down to him. He's going to get you 20 and 10 every night. Right. Like there's a huge value of that, but now you got a bunch of unproven guys but you just have a lot more options uh, that you can go to that's going to give uh, opponents some fits once this team gels, once these guys uh, all get some experience, you'd think. Yeah, it is. it's going to take some time to gel. I think everybody knows that. I mean, it's just a whole new group of guys to get in there and learn the nuances of each other's game. Yeah, that is going to take time. But as the president of the Coleman Hawkins Time at the Five fan club, this unlocks a lot because I think that – I mean, you're right. Think of a, a Clark Epps. Uh, I, who, what am I missing here? Melendez. I mean, there's not uh, many pieces, Joey. There's only, there's only, yeah, only 10 guys. <laughs> but M- Melendez, uh, Shannon, and Hawkins. Like, that's a that's a lineup, man. That's, you want know, five out. That's five out. And, like, I just think there's so many different ways for Brad Underwood to, to unlock different things. You know, Jeremy, remember last year, 
when Kofi came out and you would put uh, an Omar Payne in there, it was almost like the same offense for a skill set that didn't exactly match. And I just think there's a lot more versatility. It's got to be fun if you're Brad and the coaching staff too, right? Like you've kind of got this blank slate of talent to build what you want to build around. Like the principles are still in place. You know what they want. When you bring in someone like Shannon and it doesn't change fundamentally probably the direction you want to go, it enhances that. Like that is what you're you're looking for. And that's probably part of the patience you've seen out of the coaching staff and, and approaching the portal. You want it to make sure it's right and it enhances the, the ideas and direction you want to go. Yeah, Terrence Shannon, I'm looking at uh, nbadraft.net. They have him 43rd in their 2023 mock and 69 on their big board. Nice. Um, but they – they, I mean, he obviously clearly. I almost got you to spit your coffee up on you. Thomas got me. That he obviously is very talented, right? And, and you're just adding talent, and we got to keep mentioning this, man. Like, I don't know what next year's team is going to look like. I think it could be bumpy early, right? But I, I think towards the end of the year, it could be pretty exciting. Um, sim- similar to what we talked about with Michigan last year. And but the talent accrual, like Illinois and Michigan, I think are at another level right now in the Big Ten when it just comes to the talent they are accruing year after year. You just signed what is now the number nine recruiting class in the country with preps, and now you add Shannon, who by every measure, every outlet that I look at, whether it's ESPN, CBS, twenty four seven Sports, Evan Maya, has him as a top ten transfer prospect. ESPN has him 10, CBS has him three, I think 24-7 Sports has him, you know, seven, I believe. So, like, no matter what you think, like, he right now is the highest ranked transfer to commit to a Big Ten program. Like, Purdue's going for Nigel Pack and, and all these Tyrese Hunter and, and all these guys, and Illinois is the one so far that has ranked, gotten the highest ranked transfer. And then you add Dane Danger to that. I haven't seen the updated numbers, but we now have, like, this overall – recruiting class ranking that includes transfers which i love because we have to do that we have to you know put that into a huge uh pile now and and put it all together illinois is going to be top five after all this of of all so far today there'll be a top five recruiting hall in this class of 2022 kudos to brad underwood kudos to tim anderson to jeff alexander to chester frazier because even though I think next year's team is, is going to have a, a significant, I don't know about significant, but they're going to have a lower floor, right? There could be a higher ceiling just because, Joey, there's there's so much talent here. I mean, Isaac Trotter just texted me. They're going to have eight top 110 prospects out of their 10 guys on the roster so that right now. Like, that's a, that's a pretty impressive, talented roster they're building. Yeah, Jeremy, it feels like we've said this for – probably like really really said this for like two or three years like they're bringing in they're, they're going to bring in talent i understand like and it's a i don't mean to sound like scolding but i understand when you're watching the transfer portal go crazy and, and players are committing here and there and your team isn't really either mentioned. and brad said yesterday like we're not going to be mentioned with every team every player every transfer i i understand that like that it's the player movement somewhere between fun if you're a fan and totally maddening i don't know however you want to look at it i get it right like your team isn't actively doing that but it's it's like when your baseball on. team is kind of just sitting around not doing anything and all these other teams yeah. are are signing guys and, and you're like well I, I want that I, I want that immediate gratification and 
they took a little bit longer, right? But they, they ended up getting one of the top guys. Yeah, they just when I know people, you know, run themselves in circles. What's going on? What's go? Look, I think if anything, Brad and his staff have proven like it'll be all right. We got they this. got a plan. We said this. I, I'm pretty sure we said this exact same thing when they got Sky Clark. It's there's a plan in place. They. The thing with Brad that you've noticed and just where the program is and it's deserved, and, and you probably have to have this in every program, you have a little bit of hubris. Like, we're Illinois. People want to come here. We'll be all right. Talented people want to come here. Could you have said that four years ago? Probably not. No, I would be Florida. Yeah. But, like, you can say that now and, and understand that you you are going to be an attractive destination, and then you factor in there's an open opportunity for a lot of positions here with this roster turnover like those things factor like I, I get it but just take a breath it's not the portal's not even quote-unquote closed like they they've got a plan they're bringing in talent at an incredibly high level like just a super super high level here It'll be all right yeah i mean there was even times like when naheem aline virginia tech transfer right that that chester frazier recruiting coach entered the transfer portal i'm like oh yeah take that guy you know top 100 transfer makes sense fit him in uh, could be a solid player for you. Oh no, shooting higher. Like, like they're they're thinking, oh, we can do better, right? Like they showed some interest in him, but they are they are shooting high because they think they are one of the best programs in the country. They have played like a top twenty five program in the country now for three years. They have played like a top three four Big Ten program for three years consistently, and uh, they're acting like it. They go out and get Sky Clark. They go out and get Ty Rogers. They go out and you know, get a guy like Terrence Shannon. Um, it, it's impressive uh, what they've been doing. So I, I think you and I have said all along, I think Illinois basketball will be fine. I think most basketball, a lot of basketball fans today feel like they're going to be just fine. Of course, the question everybody's asking now, Joey, is who's next? Who's next? No. I, I would I would say front court, right? Like, I, I think Courtney Ramey still makes a ton of sense to me. I think they're they're ready, and they and Brad Underwood is kind of you know Derek Piper asked him directly, do you feel like you have a need for a veteran ball handler? I don't know if he was saying it just to to you know lift up the freshman or you know after he just added Sky Clark didn't want to be like hey yeah we're gonna recruit over that guy right away for next year, but he I mean at least by his word that doesn't seem to be the number one thing he brings up when we ask him every time we see him what are you going to add in the portal he keeps adding shooting and athleticism we'll check and check with terrence shannon mm-hmm. and then a front court piece and i don't think it's a front court piece to replace coleman hawkins i think it's a front court piece to compliment coleman and to compliment dane danger who we don't know what he is yet like this is fun exciting to hear all this offseason talk about dane danger i think he can be a very good player for illinois but he's played nine minutes in Division One basketball. So I I think Dane Danger is going to play 20 minutes, Joey. But we also thought Omar Payne would play 10, 15 minutes last year and ease some things on, on Kofi Coburn. And that didn't end up being the case despite his pedigree, despite what they said in the offseason. So you just need another option, right? I, I Brandon Leib seems to be saying and doing the right things to the staff. And, and they're saying, hey, this guy can turn into something down the line. I don't think they're counting on him next year either. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of piece they want to add there, whether it's a stretch guy, whether it's a low post guy, but I think they need somebody and and can sell somebody on playing 20 plus minutes a game with danger and alongside Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. So my question becomes when, 
Do you wait for this NBA draft process to play out? Uh, I think that's June 1st, if I'm not mistaken, for, you know, you've got to make a decision in or out of the NBA. And as Brad said, there's like 250 guys for 60 picks. There is going to be enough information out there for some people to return to school. And then, of course, and I'm kind of getting down a rabbit hole, but this kind of gets into what's the NCAA going to do? Are players in the next three days going to rush to the portal who are already in the draft? Like this this is kind of the first offseason of this. It is the first offseason of this timeline, and you're trying to figure out how it's all going to work and look. Uh, but so, so I think we know the areas. Jeremy and Terrence Shannon obviously addressed a, a really big one. But it's just now I, I want to know when. And to caution, this could be a process if they, if they do kind of explore that NBA withdrawal market, which I think the talent would obviously indicate that and just the sheer numbers of people who are going to withdraw from the draft, like would indicate that that's something that might be worth considering. So yeah, big man up front. And and now it's Jeremy, we're getting to the point. I wanted to bring this up where you're, we, we know what they do recruiting wise, right? Like I think you have more hits than misses recruiting wise. Uh, I think that's probably fair. The hits have been really oh, yeah. pretty good hits. Um, but now you're seeing, you know, what, how do they evaluate in the portal? Omar Payne didn't work out. Dane Danger is TBD. Alfonso Plummer really worked out. Uh, we'll see. We, I think you and I are of the belief Terrence Shannon is going to work out based on his skill set and college productivity. Am I missing anybody? I think that's at least in recent, not the early on, you know, kind of rebuilding of this thing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to include, you know, Andres Felice in that. He's a Juco kid. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, and obviously that worked out. So, it's just part of this too. Like now there's another thing to evaluate. How are they evaluating in the portal? It's it's and like, in, I, it's like in the NFL or, you know, whatever it is, uh, NBA, you have your, you know, personnel department for college for the draft. And then you have your personnel department for pro. Cause you're scouting other teams players. That's happening now. <laughs> like that, that's what, uh, that's what college football and college basketball has turned into. Yeah. Welcome to it, man. And, and it'll be interesting again. I, I think the track record of Brad and, and his coaching staff, you probably should err on the side of They'll be all right. I think they're going to evaluate well. They're going to get talent well. But there, there are going to be instances where it just doesn't work out. You can go down the recruiting list, the high school recruiting list, where it hasn't. You can go look at Omar Payne where it hasn't. It's, it's, that happened. That's life in college, man. Uh, we got to bring up, this is before the, the portal, I believe, but obviously before immediate eligibility. But Austin Hutcherson didn't work out because of injuries. Sure. Jacob yeah, Grandison, yeah. great. Uh, it was a great addition for them. It was a different era where I think Brad Underwood wants that back where he can sit a guy for a year uh, and have that whole thing because he loves that with Dane Danger. Uh, and also, when you add transfers, they're not transferring again most likely, right? I mean, Omar Payne is, but he might have to sit out a year here. Um, there's, a, there's a huge impediment to transferring a second time unless, again, the NCAA just grants everybody waivers. But uh, I don't think that's always going to be the case. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? 
Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Yeah, I have... This is like the most evergreen statement. I have no idea what the NCAA's plan is. I, you should have no idea what it's going to be, especially, you know, the way Brad talks, he seems to think like, May 1st, doesn't matter. Every, you know, it sounds like... I think for the NBA City. draft guys, especially, because he, yeah. he made a great yeah. point of how the NCAA needs to line up their, their deadlines. May 1st is the transfer portal. I get that, right? Like, all these kids are on campus still. May 1st, after that, they go home. A lot of things can change. And I do think there, there should be a deadline of when they should have to make those decisions. Um, but then you have a June 1st NBA draft deadline. What happens if those guys want to come back and they transfer? Like, he thinks they'll get a waiver because the deadlines are different. The, the NCAA, and, and listen, their president is, is, is leaving here. They just haven't provided a lot of guidance uh, of what NIL is, of what this, this waiver process is going to be. So... You know, you don't want to hear whining, I would say, quote unquote, from from college coaches of how hard this is, but it is hard, right? It's very different than what they signed up for. Do I feel bad for guys making four to five million dollars per year? They're paid for that, right? Um, But it is different and it is difficult to try and put together a roster right now. And then, Joey, recruit your own roster so that you're not worried day-to-day leading up to May 1st, like Brad Underwood could be when Coleman Hawkins makes the comments he does, of, hey, is, is, is this guy going to leave tomorrow or do I have him next year? Like that, That's that's a difficult place to be, but that's, that's where we're at right now without a lot of guidance from the NCAA and kind of just feeling out what this era is, right, which is – Basically, if you get five or six guys back every year, you probably feel pretty good. And that feels like a win. Like five or six feels like a win. I think you're seeing it, Jeremy, in media and coaches and fans. Like there's a – people are trying to reconcile a little bit with what the transfer portal is. Like it's inherently different. Like that's just this, the most obvious fact in the world. I'm not saying, you know, maybe you hate it. And I'm sure today people love it, right, because Terrence Shannon's coming to your team. Uh, there's no right or wrong. It's however you feel, but like this is what it is, and it's it's going to be like this. And I get it. I understand the frustration. I understand the like seeing that the guys who develop for three and four years and a, a exact point for this will be provided he stays is Coleman Hawkins, right? Like that is the exact point for what everybody loved about college athletics and player development is this kind of rise into the role we think he's going to have. Yeah, it's kind of the same way. Uh, I think we all think about the NBA now where you're not having a team just grow together. Not that that was always the case in history. Like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar forced his way out of Milwaukee. Uh, Charles Barkley traded several times to teams. But like now in, in the post-LeBron decision, these players hold the power, right? And they bounce around and it's it's more about almost the players than the teams now because the stars just kind of change teams. But that doesn't stop me from rooting for DeMar DeRozan, right? Like, I I might have more of an affinity for a Derrick Rose or a Joe Kim Noah, but I'm still rooting for my team to get that star, right? Or if you're, um, you know, a baseball fan. Like, I I, I love... Golden State 
Sorry, no one in Golden State was upset when they had this homegrown team and you had Kevin Durant. Right. Like I don't think people were, were ticked off about that. Like, or, you, you or gotta like, find a way, Jeremy, to mix both. Or I always have an affinity for you know, even though we traded for these guys as prospects, but you love seeing Yaw Moncada come from the, through the system or Luis Robert come through the system. But I also like adding Yasmani Grandal. I I wanted my team to add Manny Machado, right? Like, so that's what it's become is, yeah, these guys are going to leave. It it stinks to see a guy like Andre Corbello not work out or Adam Miller after starting every game, transfer after a year, even though a star role seems set for him. Like, that can be frustrating, but it also allows you to add an Alfonso Plummer, to add a Terrence Shannon or Dane Danger. And I think for Illinois so far, um, I don't know if it's been equilibrium, but or if it's even like it's been a positive for Illinois so far, but they're doing pretty well with it. Yeah, man. It's just, it's going to take time for people to wrap their head around. I get it. I I totally understand it. And I I just don't think those are right or wrong. It's however you feel about it, how you're going to feel. And when you lose a guy like a Brandon Podzemski that you were super excited to see how he developed and grow, you're probably going to be frustrated by it if you're a fan. But when you add a guy like Terrence Shannon, you're probably going to be pumped. Like, it's just, it's a give and it's take. An up, and I understand it's an upgrade, it. it's, it's, right? It's, let's, let's be honest, that's an upgrade. Yeah, it's a proven college upgrade for sure. And and I think as time goes on, will the portal slow down? Will the understanding of what it is slow down? Sure, like there, there's developments in that stuff. And But I, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's a new era, man. And it, it changes things, but you can make your team really good or continue to maintain in a hurry. Yeah, like you or, can add, or you can, like or you can plumber. be, like, or you can be like DePaul, and it all falls apart, right? Like, but Illinois, it's not falling apart. No, let's be honest. It's probably if you're a Power Five, it's probably harder to fall apart because you're usually most Power Five programs are the ones making so, some less, you know, not Power Five programs. I should say fall apart. It's like a that, terrible I get time. Mid major fan. Oh, oh, terrible time for mid major. Terrible. They get that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, if I were a fan of those, I would be very frustrated uh, with what this has turned into. But at, at the same time, you can still add guys that come down a level, right? But if you develop somebody the way you're supposed to do it, like does a John Morant stay at Murray State after his freshman year nowadays? Like, big question. Uh, maybe that guy just goes to the pro anyway, but uh, nowadays it's hard to keep that mid-major star. They just want to go up a level. And sometimes it doesn't work out for those guys. Sometimes uh, it does, but... I think everyone would say, though, whether you like it or not, it's exciting. It, it adds it adds a lot of exciting. It adds a lot of work for us, Joey. Uh, but it is, I think, for a lot of people, just like NBA, MLB, NFL offseason, it's exciting when you can upgrade your roster and it gives everybody hope that they can. It's exciting when Terrence Shannon posts that he's going to Illinois if you're an Illinois fan. Like, that is inherently exciting to to have for fans so yeah it's college basketball college football is turning into a 12 month give or you know give or take type of deal good for those of us in the business of covering college basketball and college football it's probably exciting for the fans who, who follow it probably stressful for the fans who follow it welcome to it man this this is what it is i, I don't know how it changes right like I, I don't know that how the nba can put this toothpaste back in or the ncaa can put this toothpaste back in this good luck if that's the plan but yeah. th- there are it makes for exciting days for fan bases like today with Terrence shannon yeah i think you used josh whitman's term there i actually liked his idea of 
You know, I do think if a player has to stay somewhere for two years, right, or they have to sit out if they do transfer, I think that can be beneficial for, for a lot of kids. And obviously there would be waivers if your coach is fired or, or whatever. And that, that's where I think it gets difficult. But I do think there is something to wanting kids to battle through adversity, right? Like I, I, I do battle with that, but I also think I struggle because I, I think kids should be allowed to make mistakes and learn from them. You say they leave and it doesn't work out for them. Well, maybe you learn from that. Um, so I, I can understand all sides of that, but I, I don't think it's changing. I, I think this is going to be the way it is. It's more about what are the timelines with the NBA draft. I, I think it's it's just going to be minor tweaks. I don't know if we're going to go back where it's like, okay, you got to stay in place for two years. I don't know if that will get changed. Yeah, especially with NIL. How do you change it? Like, could you be – I, I don't like I, I, there's any number of arguments to make on that front, but I, I'm, I'm with you, Jeremy, the tweaks to kind of find a way to make this a little more palatable for both sides. Um, and, and I know, look, a lot of people don't have a lot of sympathy for coaches making buku bucks and who have been making buku bucks for, for years and years, but. And it's not like there's I not going to be coaches to fill these high paying. Roles. I promise you there's no, there's not going to just be this stop where coaches like, oh, like, I, I don't know. No, I'm, not interested in moving in. Good luck finding a coach to run your program. Somebody will always pick up the phone on the other end of that. Yeah. All right. For Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you as always for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Go ahead, Joey. No bike ride. Oh yes. We got to bring no that bike up. ride. Thank you. We, we can't get away. Um, I see, I see Brad Underwood's tweets at Joey uh, as, as a sign of respect. And I just want to point out there that, um, Joey's not in bad shape here, people. Not not, not the worst no, shape. No, I am, <laughs> but not egregiously, maybe. But I want to point out, Joey is, is in a self-improvement mode. He's got a bike. He's been bicycling places. So I just wanted nice. to give you some, some moral support here, Joey. Uh, <laughs> but I do enjoy Brad Underwood just being savage on Twitter. I need more of Cheers. that in my life. Just roasting me. I, the, the, the basis of it is, is and there's been hand wringing of there's nine scholarship guys now, ten obviously with, with Terrence Shannon. And the point I tried to make was, I promise you, Brad Underwood and pretty much every coach in America is not going to go into a college basketball season with nine scholarship guys and four of those nine being true freshmen. That is malpractice. Like that is not setting yourself up to win. That's negligence, so I, right? <laughs> I put, yes, I put out the bold prediction that if Brad does this, I will ride my bike to every Big Ten road game. On an unrelated note, I don't foresee myself covering a lot of Big Ten road games if that's the case. But I, I just, this obviously was never going to happen today, Mark, that. But Brad did give us a little scare, give me a little scare. I don't think anyone else was scared when he said we might leave two open, maybe three. And I thought, oh, Brad, that hurts. That, yeah. that hurts my plans here. And then we got to but, the parking lot. Look, and we get to the parking lot because I had tweeted at you, careful, Underwood may do that out of spite because I can see Brad uh, being that kind of guy. So he said, great idea. Joey can use a little exercise to go with his salad, which, of course, he said uh, to you guys uh, asking for recommendations during the season. I forgot where you're going, but he said, I can recommend. Yeah, I can recommend some salad places for you guys. A plus callback for Brad Underwood, who might be able to moonlight as a stand-up comedian at some point if this is the route he wants to go. I thought Brad didn't get on Twitter. Well, <laughs> I too 
thought Brad didn't get on Twitter. That's what he um, claims. It does appear to me that Brad gets on Twitter. Um, and I, I have the receipts to prove it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We will await Brad Underwood's next shot at Joey Wagner at some point. I see it as a former respect, Joey. So, so I would take that as a compliment. Uh, but thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us. And hey, Trevor Valise, I want to shout out him. A new addition to the Illini Inquirer team doing a lot of stuff with our multimedia channels. You've probably seen a lot more on the YouTube. He's helping us out with the podcast as well. We, we hope to expand what we do with the podcast, especially during the offseason. So it's great to have him on board. He's going to be a great addition to the team. And we're continuing to try and, and add to our content and Illini coverage here at Illini Inquirer. So check us out at IlliniInquirer.com. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.